Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome to this series called Human Intelligence versus Artificial Intelligence. It's under our Curious Corner category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. That is J-A-E-F.foundation. This is a series to address the elephant in the room. Will artificial intelligence ever equal or surpass human intelligence? In this series, I take time to contextualize some known and unknown facts that whoever is keeping track of the developments in the artificial intelligence space should consider. You see, computers are good and have made our lives easier on so many fronts. However, there seems to be this elephant in the room that if the developments and progress we see showcased in the artificial intelligence world maintain their momentum, that there is coming a day when human-engineered intelligence, that is artificial intelligence, will actually equal or surpass our human intelligence. 
whether you think so or not, I address the elephant in the room from contexts that I believe our so-called AI artificial intelligence experts seem to be ignoring. I believe the best way to address this elephant is on grounds of mind and spiritual consciousness. In this series, I break down two core functionalities or components of an intelligence system. That is mind consciousness and spiritual consciousness. You see, human beings already possess both of these functionalities. Whereas computers, on the other hand, or artificial intelligence or human engineered intelligence, on the other hand, is still scratching the surface of mind consciousness. Without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome back to episode six of Human Intelligence versus Artificial Intelligence. This is a series to address one of the elephants in the room when it comes to our world of science and physics, uh, computers, artificial intelligence, and the elephant in the room that we are addressing in this series is will artificial intelligence ever equal or surpass human intelligence there's been a whole in all the last previous episodes we've been kind of building up the context which i believe is the proper context in which we should address this question and in the last episode uh, one of the things you said was, okay, in order to compare these two, we need to create the proper context. And I said, let's see how current artificial intelligence developments stack up with the functionality of the five human senses. In the last episode, we touched on the sense of taste. Now, just to recap, we did talk about what is known as the Turing test. And in this world of, if you're not familiar with this whole field of intelligence or artificial intelligence and computers being developed to be as intelligent as human beings or perform in the degree or capacity of intelligence doing human level tasks, 
better than humans, as good or better than humans, there was a test that was developed. It's called the Turing test. And it was it's it's a method of inquiry in artificial intelligence for determining whether or not a computer is capable of thinking like a human being. The test is named after Alan Turing, the founder of the Turing test. He was an English computer scientist, cryptanalyst, mathematician, and theoretical biologist. Now, the way the test functions basically is one of the humans functions as the questioner. While there is two people, but actually the second human, uh, there's a second human and the third human is replaced by a computer, which function as respondents. Now the questioner interrogates the respondents within a specific subject area using a specified format and context. After a preset length of time or a number of questions, the questioner is then asked to decide which respondent was human and which was a computer. The test is repeated many times. If the questioner makes the correct determination in half of the test runs or less, the computer is considered to have artificial intelligence because the questioner regards it as just, regards it as just as human as the human respondent now that's kind of the bar right now of saying is this system does this system qualify as efficient as artificial intelligent now personally i wouldn't consider the turing test as the bar or the best standard because um depends again how you look at it i think it's it's a pretty low bar and you'll see why shortly and again this is just some of the things we covered in the last episode so i just kind of want to quickly brush up um just for me as well now i did mention that of course artificial intelligence will have perception to a certain degree but artificial intelligence can never have full perception because full perception by definition as being impressionable comes through the full range of the five senses we human beings have. Perception by definition as being impressionable comes through the full range of the five senses we human beings have. And for me, this is kind of this is this is this is this is the barrier for me this is this is like the bottleneck this is that kind of like the the hinge of the discussion in 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 which in which way i think people should judge or answer this question perception by definition as being impressionable comes through the full range of the five senses we human beings have. Now, we all know these senses. We have the sense of taste, hear, touch, smell, see. Now, I've been trying to stress the, the point, which I believe is a fact, that these five inputs are the primary data inputs we humans rely on to build our mind consciousness as we go through life. I, once again, once in a while, I go and listen to, I go and listen to some of my peers to, to see how just, I may not, I may not agree with them, but I have to listen to them to see where I think they're missing it. And they they still won't understand that consciousness is two is is two parts there is mind consciousness and there is spiritual consciousness they think that every they think that consciousness is just in the mind that's wrong i don't agree with that 
there's there is the mind consciousness that we build as we go through life. So, okay. Now, look at this. So, the systems that are being trained right now, computers, these computer algorithms, soft uh, programs, to become as intelligent as human beings, to know how to do functions as human beings or even better. They're being fed data inputs. Okay? So someone has to put in a data file. Right? That's that's how computers work. Like, like input, output. And then the computer algorithm is in the is is in between what you input it processes it and gives you an output so where where is the data coming from for us as human beings how do we input data how does data come into our being our existence the we we have five inputs and that's where some of these scientists and physicians are missing it it's right in front of you, but it doesn't stop there. There is mind consciousness and there is spiritual consciousness. We have five inputs. This is how we human beings basically um, ingest data, what, 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 what you would call data in the science world or in the computer world, data. We also have data inputs. How, how do we how do we input data into our systems through taste hear touch smell see we have five entry points for data as human beings now that is what builds our mind consciousness which is what i i've been trying to uh to separate uh, since the beginning of the series is to say hey everyone's this, this has become a buzzword, consciousness, consciousness. Will artificial intelligence ever have consciousness? Well, let, let us define consciousness. What is full range consciousness? Part of it is mind consciousness and the other one is spiritual consciousness. And how is mind consciousness built? How do you become conscious of a hot plate. How do, you, how do you become conscious that don't touch that? Well, you these if you're everyone by the time you're 30 years old, or you don't need to get to 30 years old, by the time you're 10, by the time you're seven, by the time you're five years old, where does the consciousness that when you see something hot, you, you don't touch it? Is because at one point you saw it. And it was until you touched it and you felt pain that the action to start being conscious of when you see something red, that you don't just touch it. So in that sense, there was two things, two data inputs that built your consciousness about not touching something hot is you saw it, you touched it, and you didn't enjoy the feeling. So you moved your hand. So now when when that when those two data points are embedded into your mind, into your into into your into your conscious mind and then it becomes also goes into your subconscious mind um you don't just touch things that are that are red because now you associate them with oh that is hot especially if now you can feel heat coming from it you see what i mean so and you cannot you can never be conscious of fire until you've ever been burnt by fire. That's the whole point. But it was it was two two senses involved. 
there was a sense of sight and also touch. And now as, as, as you become more discerning is you now start to associate uh, the data input of smell comes in such that you may not see it, you may not touch it, but now you can smell it and say, okay, that something is burning, right? Now, when you smell, when you smell good food, you don't run away, right? When you smell smoke, the reasons why now you, when you smell something burning is, is because, and, and you react to it, is because before you've smelt it and you've seen when you move towards the source of the smell, you saw that it was burning stuff up, it was causing damage. So you now activated uh, sight. There was a data input of sight that was attached to it. Because you saw where the source of the smell was coming from, it was smoke, stuff was burning up, maybe left something on the pan and the room was smoky. And then the fire alarm goes off. So then another layer or another data point of your consciousness is embedded into you. So now when you when you smell it, you say, okay, something is burning. You run to it. You run to the source of smell to stop it. But this is what we're talking about. Perception by definition is being impressionable, comes through the five, the full range of the five senses we human beings have. This is what we're talking about and saying, this is mind consciousness. Now, we, we did say, let, let us first focus on mind consciousness and we'll get to spiritual consciousness later. We'll get to spiritual consciousness later. And we did also mention that when it comes to the mind side of things, human beings have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is where uh, is, is delegated tasks from the conscious mind. Uh, many of us are familiar with this. And this is to help reduce overload and processing power. Uh, recurring activities are dumped. To reduce overload and processing power, recurring activities, familiar activities are dumped into the subconscious mind from the conscious mind. And so, again, as you perform a familiar task hundreds of times, the subconscious mind Okay, finally dumps it into the autopilot mind, a la what we, which is kind of what we know as the subconscious mind. But back to my earlier assumption and assertion was that artificial intelligence will only get to about two-fifths or 40% of human level intelligence. And how did I arrive at this math? How did I arrive at this uh, uh, basically... Uh, numerical, uh, you know, how, how did I arrive at this number? Two-fifths or 40%. Because I said, our human mental consciousness is built on environment input from our five senses. Test, hear, touch, smell, and sight. This is how our human mind consciousness is built or curated, so to speak. Uh, computers, for computers to have full spectrum of mental consciousness of or mind consciousness, likewise, they'll also need all five sense inputs as well. They will. They will need all five sense inputs as well. Now, we started to say, okay, let's look at some examples. Let's analyze how artificial intelligence systems right now, how they fare on each individual sense input. So we talked about taste in the last episode. We said, you right now you can't feed any computer algorithm uh, data points from taste. 
they might be able to tell you the the chemical composition okay let's say you prepared a plate of food as a human being you can walk up to the plate of food with your eyes closed and taste it and go this is chicken curry this is barbecue right now of course sometimes that will be because you, you you two things are at play here you know smell as well familiarity and smell and taste but let's say you weren't able to smell it and let's say your nose was covered the moment you test it you can still go oh this tastes like barbecue sauce um this tastes like chicken curry right now i don't think unless it's something that i i don't know right now but i don't see how artificial intelligence sense of taste i don't see how uh the sense of taste alone in computers will have full spectrum like human sense of taste i i just don't see it now you could put pick out a part of food from a plate a portion of food and put it on something and, and, and the computer might be able to sense that, okay, based on the chemical ingredients, based on this, based on this, it, it could tell you there is salt in there. There is maybe uh, a chemical, uh, there, there is, there's a compound in there uh, that is curry, there is this uh maybe but it won't like it won't be able to tell to give you like the full spectrum like the full answer the way like you a human being you could try it and say okay that's a strawberry cake it might tell you some of the things in let's say in the cake because of the mixture and if you really drill down in the mixture the the ingredients you're using these compounds of different substances in them. So you can eventually you can put two and two together and go, maybe it's this, but it may not be able to give you the full entirety because ultimately what we call chicken curry comes from a mix, all those compounds and they're broken down. It's not like when you it's not like when you put those ingredients together that they 100% remain those ingredients. They are mixed together. They form other compounds. It's almost like in stage 1 those compounds are isolated. The more you put them in a bowl and you mix them, think of like a cake mixture, they take on another form. And they become and then and now they're heated up. So the transformation of the ingredients from, you know, as you mix them in a bowl, you either put them on heat and whatever, there's so much change that, you know, that you won't be able to, in the computer, the sense of taste won't be able to, you won't be able to say that, yeah, this is barbecue. That, th that this is this is barbecue or this is chicken curry or this is this it, it just won't get there there's there's too much uh, there's too much uh chemical breakdown that happens right um but i mean someone you know there's too much chemical breakdown that happens and yeah, I, I, I just don't see I, I just don't see how the artificial intelligence sense of taste will have a full spectrum like a human sense of taste, you know, then. But that's just taste, you know, and it's very interesting because. Let's look at some let's let, let's look at some other. Um, let's look at the other senses. How about hearing? 
Now, this one is already happening. So this has been developed. You know, uh, we have sound recognition, sound or voice recognition. Uh, we can see that we can see this with current voice activated services, Siri, Amazon Echo, Google Home, and many others on your phone, all of these things. So we can score AI, artificial intelligence, until, okay, when it comes to hearing, to some degree, yes, that's a data input that a computer algorithm can take, meaning I can say something and a computer algorithm can take that. I can say, call me an Uber at 5 p.m. today. And that data input based on sound, computer can hear that, process that, perform a task, book me an Uber, and then I and then at 5 p.m. my Uber is at my doorstep. Okay. What about touch? Now, touch doesn't exist. So taste hasn't yet been built. Here, hearing. Um, this has been built. Touch hasn't, doesn't exist. Hasn't been developed again because touch involves feeling. Computers or artificial intelligence systems can't touch and feel. Now, the only kind of touch we have right now is happening by fingerprint access fingerprint access activation, which is built around fingerprint mapping of one's fingerprints. So you put your finger on a fingerprint scanner, maps it out. The next time you come, you touch, it's able to say, okay, this fingerprint maps the same, right? But the, but again, even if I was to score even if I was to give the computer some, you know, some points on the sense of touch, it still wouldn't be full spectrum because artificial intelligence or artificial intelligence doesn't have touch emotion sensory transmissions. What do I mean by that? A human being can touch you, the best way I can explain this, in different ways that would communicate different kinds of emotions, right? So, first of all, a com so the only, okay, the only way that a, a computer or whatever, artificial intelligence system would be able to receive a data input of touch from me would be primarily through let's say fingerprint access, right? Mapping. I would put my finger on, on, on the scanner, then it would approve and say, okay, this fingerprint scan looks exactly as the one, this one maps and this, this is so-and-so. But the full range of touch, again, will, I don't see how it will, artificial intelligence will have the full sense of touch. As I just said, what about touch emotion sensory transmissions? How? How will artificial intelligence be able to receive that data input? Because as human beings, a human being can touch in different ways that would communicate different kinds of emotions. You know, a light soft touch at specific locations on your body could easily signal attraction and affection without the need to verbalize it. Um, in what manner would I, would a computer be able to receive a data input from me if I touched it to say I'm communicating 
anger or rage. I mean, would I, in this case, maybe, I'm even trying, maybe what would have to happen is that I would have to, you would have to take, let's say, my hand and and go through different, measure the pressure that comes from my hand when I hold something aggressively. You know, if you were to hold someone's, uh, grab their wrist in and say you're trying to illustrate rage and you're holding them, there's a certain amount of pressure that you are applying. And maybe it could measure that and say if I touched its sensory organs in, in some fashion, it would say, based on the amount of pressure applied, this person is um, angry to some degree. But the point is, touches that send signals of emotion, that's, I don't see how artificial intelligence is going to be able to, how that is going to be developed. Again, we're saying in the context right now, I just, again, I don't, even if I was to score some points, put some points on the board for artificial intelligence when it comes to the sense of touch, I, I just don't see how I can, if, human, if, if, if how human beings touch, if the, if the spectrum, if it's 10 points for human beings, full range of the sense of touch, I can only score computers maybe a three out of 10. I can't even score them a five. I would only be able to score them three out of 10. If the highest you can score is what human beings are able to do through the sense of touch and the score is 10, I can only score computers about a three. Now let us go to smell. How about smell? Again, this is this is an, another interesting case for us. This is another interesting case for us. How about smell? The sense of smell. Right now, again, if we're going to talk about the full range spectrum of smell, right now what we could say is that we have uh, smoke detectors. You know that's the how that functions where how again in essence that's almost even a that's almost like uh it's almost like a touch because of the temperature change in temperature change in the that's not even smell yeah, smoke detectors would not even be under the category of smell. I think that would be under the category of touch because let's say the the if 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 something you know once it gets smoky, uh, there is a certain there's a way in which the smoke detector can can deduce whether it is air or smoke based on the particles that are coming inside but but so when we come to the sense of smell efficient intelligence like if you're cooking again to use this example of a curry recipe inside the kitchen and grilling barbecue on the patio outside there's no efficient intelligence system that can differentiate between the two like best off of that smell that's coming off the barbecue, artificial intelligence wouldn't be able to say, oh, that's a barbecue. That's a barbecue. Now, what could potentially happen is you would have to maybe pick up smells of barbecue and smoke of barbecue. Again, uh, and run it through the system almost like through let's say how a smoke detector works and if that smoke comes in instead of just 
making like a fire alarm sound, then maybe you could just say, hey, that's a barbecue. Maybe that's curry. But I mean, how many types of recipes are out there? Uh, you would have to individually, the same way you build a smoke detector, you would have to do the same for different kinds of smoke, barbecue smoke, uh, curry smoke, um, every recipe that's out there for every culture, uh, that, that would be your best bet. So even when it comes to smell, I can't really score it. Uh, when it comes to the sense of sight, uh, right now, this is probably where artificial intelligence scores the highest marks because this is happening with sensors like um, LEDs, LiDAR, motion detectors, cameras. So the sense of sight, we can give it a score. So basically, out of the five, out of the five senses, there's only about two that you can give artificial intelligence some points on the board. And based on this, the only two senses where artificial intelligence can score points is on hearing and sight senses. So that's where the two out of five comes from to give it a score of 40%. But then I that's when you're being very generous. Because as I said, if the full if the full range of every sense, let's say touch is 10, um, computers are only scoring probably three out of 10. Even when it comes to sight, uh, computers would only process at about, maybe I could give them five out of 10. When it comes to smell, uh, I'll be generous to give them anything above a two out of 10. So the best right now that I can see artificial intelligence, and this is again, just mind conscious, mind consciousness is 40%, 40%. And after going through some of these senses right now, I think it's probably 15% because the two out of five, which, which, which equates to 40% assumes that when it comes to sight and hearing that computers are also scoring the full have full range of sight and hearing just as human beings do and that's that's not the case so the best case scenario right now is at like at a 40 percent now even with just full spectrum mental consciousness or cognitivity, we are still so far away from artificial intelligence being at par with human beings when it comes to mind consciousness. Dare I say not even in the vicinity, even with full range, full spectrum mental consciousness, if we're just gonna keep this argument or answer this question and say the standard or the bar is cognitivity or mind consciousness only, computers are not at par with human beings, even when it comes to mind consciousness alone, because the ability to be impressionable comes full range, comes to the full range of the five senses we human beings have. So you put a computer there, you put a human being here. Human beings have five inputs for data that build mind consciousness. How many, how many ways of inputting data can a computer do it right now? It can do it through sight, and that's through sensors like LEDs, LiDAR, motion detectors, cameras, and, and hearing. Those are the only two. So when you score both sides, you see that one, the best case scenario is 40% versus human beings at 100%. And again, this is only us looking at mind consciousness. 
Now, we have to factor in spiritual consciousness. You have to factor in spiritual consciousness. Spiritual consciousness. Um, let me see. So even with the two senses that the current artificial intelligence scored points on, uh, as I've just said, artificial intelligence hasn't yet fully grasped the full spectrum of each of those individual senses. Artificial intelligence can't discern a noise scaffold that would normally alert a human being to fight or flight. Do you know what I mean? The message communication, the, the, the message communication of each sound that we human beings hear varies. A loud cheer at a stadium can mean one team has scored or almost scored. And if the said human was busy occupied with cooking and a loud cheering sound was transmitted through their TV set, it would draw their attention. To perfect its hearing and sight senses, artificial intelligence is still going to require training on enormous amounts of data sets and thousands of different environmental scenarios for each individual sense. This always comes with another inevitable advancement. Efficient and faster processing algorithms and scalable computational processing power. In order for you to fully grasp the full spectrum of the sense of hearing, as I said, you could be walking outside the stadium. The people in the stadium can make a certain kind of noise and you'll be able to recognize that one of the teams playing in the stadium has just scored a goal or has almost scored a goal by how the crescendo of the noise goes up and maybe abruptly comes down or you know what I mean? And if you were cooking in your kitchen and this your TV set produced this amount of sound, you it would draw your attention to it and say, oh, someone has scored or someone has almost scored a goal. Artificial intelligence, uh, what I'm trying to say is that even with, with, with some of these sense inputs, you would have to train it on thousands and thousands. No, no, no. Let me change that. On billions of different environmental scenarios. At least millions, if not billions, of different environmental scenarios for each individual sense. And that's where it becomes, we start to get into our infinite number of computing cycles. Because, okay, because where human beings now consciousness starts to just really show you how amazing we are as human beings is because we start to compound, right? So we, we never really process, we never really only rely on one sense input. Okay, let's talk about the fire. The mind consciousness that you build up to say, when you see something hot, something red, don't touch it. Yes, you can see it, but the closer you come to it, it's hot. The temperature, you can feel a high temperature. You can feel heat coming from that thing that looks red. So now you, you're putting two data points into use. You're putting sight and touch, albeit you not, you may not like literally touch it, but from a distance, the heat that is coming from it is touching you. So when you combine those two, there's a, there's a compounding effect. There's a different data point that is produced when you combine sight and touch, right? 
there's a different data point that is communicated in two human beings who are attracted to each other. You know, there is, there is sight, there is touch, and then if you added smell, you see, the, 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 now it becomes the compounding effect now is, is three, right? It's no longer two, it's three. Now, when you, the more, the more, basically, the more sense inputs you, you're using in every scenario, there's a compounding effect. So AI would now have to be trained, artificial intelligence will have to be trained on, okay, if you receive an input of sight and smell, when you combine those two, it equates to this. It would have to do that for so many different things that I just don't see how we will be able to build to have enough computational power to be able to basically reiterate every scenario in the natural environment. It's, it's just, um, it, 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 and, and, and for you to think about it, as human beings, sometimes the reason we are able to quickly adapt is because, first of all, we are in this environment every day. That's, one of, that's, that's the other thing. But also, there, there are sense inputs that we receive. There are things we receive. There are senses we can build up not to... Um, uh, okay. So, okay, when you hear a loud bang, right? You can, you can, you can, you don't need to see it, but you can hear it and say, okay, that's a collision, right? Um, but also, our mind consciousness can also be built on other people's experiences. You know, like, um, anyways, that's, that's something that we, we can, we can get into at a later date. But what I'm trying to say is just from the scenario of attraction is when you, when let's say between two people, um, there's a compounding effect. There's a heightened, uh, emotion, uh, communication of emotion of attraction or of love that can be communicated between two people because all five senses are involved hearing, touch, sight, smell, see, all five, you know, it's different. There's, 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 it's almost now it's to the power five. The compounding effect is it's a five factor com compounding effect. Computers would have to be trained, first of all, at processing one sense input, then combining two sense inputs, then combining three sense inputs, then combining four sense inputs, then combining five sense inputs. And with every combination, there's, there's probably thousands of possible outcomes, millions, if not, of possible outcomes. It's like, okay, when you combine, when you look at a juicy, piece of steak and when you come when you look at a juicy piece of meat and a certain smell that signifies that steak or that's barbecue when you look at uh something that looks like chicken and rice with this color that's chicken curry do you see what i mean it's 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 the it, what well, i think we're ignoring the fact that just the computational power to go through all the iterations of the environment will just overwhelm um, our systems. I, I don't see how we are, we will be able to 
get to that degree of processing power, it, it's it, it just yeah. So that is what we're talking about here. This this is this is all to say that I think we are underestimating. I don't want us to 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 underestimate the power of computers and what they're able to do. But I think we 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 underestimate the complexity of human beings. And mind you, we're still only talking about mind consciousness through the five senses. You haven't even added on the other half that completes consciousness, which is spiritual consciousness. You know, let's it's this is this is some real stuff. This is this is some real things that we're looking at here. So there's some of the interesting examples that we will look at in the next episode. But I think for today, the takeaway is when you're only looking at mind consciousness, you have to understand consciousness is two parts. There's mind consciousness, or what you may call as mental consciousness, but then there's also spiritual consciousness. And it's this aspect of being impressionable. When it comes to mind consciousness, what you should understand is mind consciousness, we develop this as we grow through life from when we are kids. And how do we do that? It's through the five sense inputs that we human beings have, the five senses that we have. And computers will never be able to have full range spectrum in all those five senses so without even diving into spiritual consciousness i think you have your answer will artificial intelligence ever equal or surpass human intelligence the answer is no we're gonna end the episode right here and we'll pick up here from the next episode Sela. This was episode 6 of Human Intelligence versus Artificial Intelligence. We are putting into context how best to address the elephant in the room. Will artificial intelligence ever equal or surpass human intelligence? In the next episode, we'll continue, we'll continue exploring how current artificial intelligence data sense inputs stack up with the five human senses. We'll also talk about objective cognitivity versus subjective cognitivity or objective reasoning versus subjective reasoning. Your host for today was Calvin Kalanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Sings to the grave.